Where do we start this? And the answer doesn't matter. We're having a good time. Right. <laughs> he couldn't wait to get in here. You need sales balls to make sales calls. Sure. I'm tweeting that puppy. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Sell or Die podcast. We're your hosts, Jeffrey and Jen Gittimer. I'm the author of The Little Red Book of Selling and 15 other best-selling books and the creator of the seven-figure sales formula program. I grew up in Philadelphia, sold in New York City, but was smart enough to move to Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm the author of Sales in the New York Minute and creator of Breakthrough Business Babe Community. Fun fact, I'm obsessed with our dogs and consider them humans. If you have a dog, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Sell or Die is for sales professionals, salespeople, sales managers, entrepreneurs, and business owners who want to sell more at full price, earn loyalty, and have an unlimited stream of referrals. Every single episode is going to give you real-world, easy-to-implement solutions so that you can get your calls returned, your proposals read and acted on, all while creating relationships that you can take all the way to the bank. It's time to sell or die. All right, die hard. Please help me welcome Renee DeLuca Dolan. By day, Renee is usually found amongst Cleveland's top CEOs and business leaders. By night, she's hiking or running with her dogs or watching her son play sports. Renee is proud to say she also makes dinner for her family most nights. She's a closet chef. She may need to give me some tips on that. Contempo's founder always had an entrepreneurial spirit and a heart for helping women succeed in business, which prompted Renee to create the Female Entrepreneur Summit, an annual day of learning for Northeast Ohio businesswomen. Renee also enjoys networking and special events, so she developed and published Cleveland Business Connect magazine for 10 years and created the CBC magazine Connector's Choice Awards to honor Clevelanders in the special events profession. She's a distinguished alumna of Kent State University, where she serves on the Business Advisory Board and was just recognized with the Spirit of Women in Business Award. She's a runner, an onophile, a devoted volunteer for... What? Wait, what that is? No. no. Look that up. I'll teach you a new word today. Look it up. We will all be looking it up, diehards. It's O-E-N-O file. A devoted volunteer for Northeast Ohio Adoption Services. And she tells us she was a competitive ice skater in her youth. So if she gets out on the ice this winter, we're going to need to see some pictures. I want to see Please. a double axle. <laughs> I skated on a drill team, a precision drill team. A little bit different than that type of skating. Oh. Yeah. Whoa. That's a lot of kick cool. lines and stuff like the Rockettes set on ice. That's what we did. That's really That's neat. Cool. Yeah, it was great fun. Synchronized skating. So, Renee, oh. thank you for being here today. I'm so excited. We met because you asked me to speak at your Female Entrepreneur Summit, which I'm so excited about. It's going to be amazing. And I realized that we shared a lot of common values, really, in how we serve clients and our methods for getting business. And I'd love for you to talk about really like what, first of all, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? What is Contempo? And then how did you get into this Female Entrepreneur Summit thing? 
Yeah. Great. Thanks. Thanks for uh, asking and thanks for having me on today. I'm thrilled to be here and looking forward to you coming to Cleveland to be with us for our ninth annual Female Entrepreneur Summit. So yes, I started my career um, as a graphic designer after I left Kent State, but I moved to Atlanta and I took a sales training course um, at the time that was instrumental because I had just graduated from college. I was a design and communication student. I didn't have any sales experience, but I worked for the company called Bellpack, the ones that do the blue coupons. And I was very excited because I could design my own coupons, but I moved to Atlanta and my manager gave me a territory that was south of the city. Um, I spent a lot of time driving in circles. If you've ever lived or worked or been to Atlanta, um, I'm directionally challenged to begin with. So I had this territory south and he gave me an automobile dealership and I went down to see the guy and we talked about design and some ideas and I got my first big order. And I thought, well, this, if this is what sales is about, it's really not that hard. Uh, you just connect with people, you talk to them, you know, you're trying to help them. And we did a lot of, my manager did a lot of Zig Ziglar training. I remember on Fridays, he would show us the Zig Ziglar, um, I, back then they were probably tapes or DVDs. And I absorbed all of that information. And I was doing, I mean, not door-to-door -door sales. I was making a lot of calls, but they just gave me a list and said, go see these people. Um, so it was really great training, but I missed my family and I didn't want a sales job. Um, a friend came down to visit me. She never left. She was engaged. She broke up her engagement. So we just had a blast. She got a job. I got a job, not really doing what we were studying, but just having fun, meeting some great people. And then we both got homesick. We came home after about a year and I started my career doing video graphics um, for a company called North Coast Cable um, that was owned by the city of Cleveland at the time. So I would be doing like lower thirds and bumpers to commercials and that type of thing. Working with some great producers who were very experienced. And then I got a job at American Greetings as a visual design consultant. I'm not creating greeting cards, but I was on the corporate communication side. And my job was to make speaker presentations for all the top executives, the sales executives. So I got to know the CEO, the CFO, the top sales manager, and basically had to put these. Um, it was PowerPoint back then, but I also produced slides. I made physical slides in a dark room, hundreds of them a week. And it was great experience. And then I started to get a little bored. Okay, what am I doing? This is what corporate America is. A lot of people, a lot of middle management sort of. And I just got my hands into print, um, into a little bit of web stuff. That's when, believe it or not, they were just bringing in computers for the designers to automate the system of making a card. Previously, it went to this department to write it. It went to this department to illustrate it. It took them like six months. And I was like, that's insane. So they, they had brought in somebody to do computer and a lot of the graphics were being automated. And a lot of the commercial artists there that worked on cards worked from home. They did a lot of freelance work. And I got a client that wanted me to do some work. And I went to my boss and said, you know, I had been there a couple of years. I think I could do this job in less time. And I want to I wanna do some freelance work. And he's like, well, we don't really do that on the corporate side. I said, well, a lot of my friends who are illustrators and writers and he said, we don't do that. So I said, I guess I'm giving my two-week notice. Like, I didn't really know what to do. So right. I, I quit. I went home and my husband and I had just gotten engaged. And I said, yeah, I quit my job. He's like, what? <laughs> He's like, that was a good job. You know, I was pretty young. I met my husband when I was 23. Um, so I just said, well, I have a client. And he's like, how much is that client going to spend with you? I'm like, I'm not sure. 
And he's like, and how are you going to get this work done? I'm like, well, I'm not sure. I guess I'm going to buy a computer. So anyway, I, I borrowed $8,000 from my father-in-law, who to this day tells me I'm the only one in the family that ever paid him back um, for the equipment. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just started my business out of my house, started calling friends and saying, listen, I have this design business and this is what I can do. And I grew my business at home and then I moved into an office and I've been on my own since 96 and incorporated as of 2001. Um, so just wow. doing a lot of great work. Um, we mostly focus on um, branding strategies and implementation. So logo design, corporate identity materials, uh, implementation of those materials, and then environmental graphics. So we will create designs within a space. So whether it's graphics on walls, floors, ceilings, we do exterior signage, interior signage, and then of course we do website design and implementation. And somewhere in the mix, um, we had a creative brainstorming session and decided to create a magazine, but we really didn't have content. We didn't want to do a graphic design type publication. So we did some focus groups in the market. Um, nobody was catering to women in business. Nobody was catering to corporate events and networking. So we brought that all together and did that for 10 years. And then wow. 10th year, I looked at some numbers and I thought if we take CBC out of the mix, we, we could be making a lot more money. Um, print advertising was sort of going by the wayside and we weren't getting the support on the uh, whole female entrepreneur thing. Um, but during that time, I also started an event called Connector's Choice that brought people together in the industry. And that last event was the last issue of the magazine. That was in 2017. We had 600 people at the event. And we gave away awards for, you know, best networker, best AV company, best florist, best caterer, anybody in that business. And then after that ended, I just went back and focused on my creative work. And I was fortunate. I've had clients for 20 years that haven't gone away, which is wonderful as they've grown. My company has grown. One is an accounting firm. And when I met him, he said, Renee, I think I need some business cards. And now he has 105 employees and, you know, we do a lot of work for them. So I just love what I do. Um, started the Entrepreneurship Summit because I felt that there was nobody in our area in Northeast Ohio catering to that demographic. A lot of women's events like um, women of note, those types of things, but more corporate, climbing the corporate ladder. And that's very different than being an entrepreneur. Um, and I didn't have a lot of support. I had mentors and I had my mom, but I didn't have a lot of B2B support. So the event is now in its ninth year. We had over 400 people attend last year, and we were hoping for over 500 this year. With a virtual environment, we could have women from around the world, but we really haven't targeted around the world. So we're hoping to have about 300 people. Um, and so excited that Jen's going to be keynoting. I saw your book in the airport um, the last time we traveled, which was obviously pre-COVID in um, the late, it was uh, New Year's Eve. So I saw your book and I read it and I thought Jen would be great. And I called and here we are. So awesome. So when you started this event for females, what really inspired it? What, I mean, it's a big endeavor from, and, and very different from what you do for your day job where you make money, where you thinking, oh, I'll start this event and, and get leads from it. Or I just want to start, like, what was the motivation behind it? Yeah, the motivation initially was an opportunity to connect with like women, to help other women, because I really like to help people. That's just part of what I enjoy doing. I like to make a difference if I can. And um, 
we actually sell sponsorships. So we, we, it's more of a marketing tool. So we actually make money from the event and we hope to get some leads. Um, we've had success in getting some leads from the event. So we continue to do it and we continue to support the community. We also are doing a pitch competition. We're giving away $25,000 this year. Um, this was all money that was donated. So I tapped into my professional and personal network and said, you know, we have a nonprofit fiscal partner. If you donate to this uh, award, award prize for the pitch competition, you can get a 100% tax deduction. And I was able to get $25,600. So I'm really excited. And they're cool. not just women. The intent was women donating to female entrepreneurs. We have a couple of companies that are not run by women, but support women's initiatives. I have um, a dad who runs a financial company and has two daughters who just wanted to support entrepreneurship. And then the rest of them are um, alumni from the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program. I went through that here in Cleveland and two were in my cohort and the other woman um, was in the cohort before me. So just tapping into the network and saying, who wants to support this? So the finalists are amazing. Um, we've had better finalists than I've seen when big companies have done these big pitches. So super excited about that. These women are doing some cool things and it's not just lifestyle brands, it's technology and medical. Yes, you have a question? I do. Can we go back for just a second? Can you tell me how you define entrepreneur? Yeah, well, it's interesting um, because if you look at the definition, it's typically an early stage person, you know, wanting to launch their business. But I still think of myself as an entrepreneur because I started my business from the ground up. I'm the founder. I didn't buy somebody's business. I didn't buy a franchise. I didn't run my mom's business or my dad's business. I started the business on my own. So I define an entrepreneur as anybody who actually starts their own business. They've either, they're solving a problem, they're using their skills, they're using their talent, wh whatever it is. So that's how I define it, define it differently. Yeah, I think you're right in your definition. Yeah. And I think that's, that definition is going to attract more people to your summit. Yep. You know, what strikes me about all of this is that you've made it sound so easy. Mm. Like yeah. you said in the beginning that you were going door to door essentially and making calls in Atlanta and you stumbled upon this car dealership that was on your list and, oh, it was easy, landed this huge sale. Yeah. Easy. You just make connections, build rapport, give them help, solve their problem and done. Yeah. And then you tell this other story of how like, you started your own business. Then from starting your own business, you're in the ninth year of doing this female entrepreneurship conference. But all along the way, those were sales. You had to sell people on attending the conference each year. You had to sell people on sponsoring the conference. You had to sell the, the venue on giving you and negotiating with you for a good rate. All the things, right? And you've made it really sound like it's no big deal when we have, you know, this, this huge audience of, people who sell every day. And I'd love to hear how it's become no big deal to you or, or what is your mindset behind that that keeps it so easy? Because I, I would love for it to be so easy for everyone. Yeah, so don't get me wrong. I mean, getting the sales and building the relationships takes time. But for me, that's exactly what it's about is building a relationship. I'm not selling anything to anybody. I'm serving. So to me, Sales is service. Sales is not sales. We're not selling a vacuum cleaner that's not going to work. If you don't need my service, if I can't help you, 
I'm going to find somebody else that can. And that's the other thing. I connect people all the time. And some of that um, benefits my business because then they come back and say, oh, yeah, Renee connected us. We're doing some strategy over here, but we need a design firm to do some implementation. Wow. And I do simple things that, I don't know, these are things my mother taught me. I write thank you notes. I write handwritten thank you notes to people. I send people cookies. I send people maple syrup from our farm. Do you know what I mean? I'm very personal. I'll take some. I'll yeah. take some. I'll send you Jeffrey some. is obsessed with real maple syrup. Oh, like we people think... ship it to him from all over the world. Okay, well, Chardon is one of the largest uh, producers of maple syrup in our area. And we do it more. My husband does it more as a hobby. But um, the last time he produced syrup, he got about 850 gallons. We have a lot of about 2,500. Yeah. It's a big operation. Do you you pick up the buckets with a horse and carriage or do you go around? Oh, Oh, no, this is high-end equipment, actually, that comes out of Canada. So there's PVC piping in the woods that pumps the sap to a pump house. Oh, my God. When you guys come to visit, uh, is is your husband coming with you, Jen? You guys could take a tour of the farm when you come. Uh, That would be great. Can you serve pancakes? That would be really cool. I love to make homemade pancakes. (laughs) That's my job. Okay, well, we'll have a pancake off. We could do it. You make your pancakes, I'll make my pancakes, and your kids can be the judge. Is that fair enough? That works for me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it sales to me because I get that question a lot. What am I supposed to do? How do I sell during a pandemic? And I said, you don't. I said, you call your clients and you call your prospects and you call your customers and you ask them if they're doing okay and if there's anything you can do to help them, not with their particular work. That's all I did the first few months. And pe- some people needed help. Some people, I delivered groceries for somebody. She had no family here. She had COVID and three kids. Hi, she couldn't leave. I brought her some groceries. So it was just simple wow. stuff like that, like helping people. And then when things started to open up and some of our clients stuck with us the whole time because of their websites. We had a lot of web communication. We were had to push out e um, I also went to a female entrepreneur. I don't know if you guys heard of sort of the rioting that went on here in Cleveland that followed suit across the country. Yeah. Um, so there was a, um, she's under the age of 30. She has a, um, she makes cupcakes and she had a shop on Euclid Avenue and she got chased by the Antifa and they completely destroyed her whole shop. And she has a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of damage. And I called her and I said, what can I do to help? And she's not a nonprofit, so I ordered $1,000 worth of cupcakes, and I sent them to my clients that were oh, cool. during COVID with handwritten notes. And I said, thank you for the business during COVID. You had other opportunities to work with other people or to do nothing, and you chose to do something. So I helped her, and my clients were so excited to get these cupcakes are ridiculous, like the cupcakes like this big. Um, oh, that's so cool. So just, I I like to try to help and give back. And I think that comes back to me in multiple ways, including growth in my business. Um, So I just keep doing what I'm doing, but you can't give up. I make a ton of phone calls. People used to say it takes seven touches. That's baloney. It takes me about 12 to 16. I count them. And these are people I do business with. And I know they'll be like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. we're going to call you. Well, you weren't, but that's okay. You know what I mean? It's so true. I mean, Jeffrey, think about some of, even our best, customers who spend the most amount of money with us every year sometimes it takes 15 touches just to get a hold of them and they love us mm-hmm. it's not like yeah. it's <laughs> think about a stranger but that's but but renee to your point most people give up after three or four times oh yeah 
Because they're like, well, now I'm bothering the person. What, what, what on earth am I going to even say? Yeah. And I tell, I had a, a younger person working for me. She technically wasn't my assistant, but she was doing sales and marketing assistant work. And, you know, I can't get a hold of these people. And I said, there's no like maybe in sales, it's yes or it's no. And then if it's no, there, there should still be a follow-up. No, it's not the right time. No, I'll never use your service. No, I don't like you, whatever. You need an answer. And so she would stop after three or four times. And then I would just hit the phone, send the email, send the text, send a note. And then, you know, whatever it was, if I got a sponsorship or got a meeting for creative work. And she's like, how did you do that? Uh, I'm going to tell you, um, I did consulting work for a, a textile screen printing company in Fairfax, Virginia. Okay. And I'm doing the uh, sales meeting. And I go, what's your biggest issue? And the, the, the uh, big shot sales guys that I can't get people on the phone. I said, why don't you just give me a number? And so this guy gives me a number. And I say, is a, a Bob, I can't remember the guy's name, but Bob Smith. And the woman says, can I tell him what this is in reference to? I say, yeah, it's a business matter of a personal nature. Mm, I like that. And so the guy says, hello? And I go, hold on just a second. And I hand the phone to the sales guy. Yeah. <laughs> and just, yeah. that ended the objection of I can't get the guy on the phone. Yeah, you can always you can get anybody on the phone if you want to. Well, and especially now, I will tell you that people are more stationary because they're not going to work. So if they're working remotely, I get a lot more people on the phone in the last seven yeah. months than I could before. And they want to talk to you because they're lonely. Nobody right, they're lonely. Uh, that's what I was just going to say. They're, they're craving connection. We all are. We're human beings. We all are. And just to yeah. have. Renee, they're craving connections and maple syrup. Okay. <laughs> I, heard it. I wrote it down on my list of things to do. Yeah. I oh so if you're not, wait a minute. Do you have your own brand? Your small little bottles with your logo and your name and that kind of stuff? You oh, that? that's okay. so cool. Yeah, I did that. I wish I had one in here to show you, but um, bueno. I don't. But I'll, I just need mailing address because I don't know we'll where you're going. Oh, don't worry. We'll send it to you. We'll <laughs> okay. have everything That you is need. so cool. Um, oh, man. This so, is a really good conversation. And Renee's a smart woman. Um, yeah. I was wondering if you had like a code that you sort of live by as an entrepreneur, the, the three or four things that you do that you try to pass on to other people. Sure. So um, a few things that I do that I like to pass on to other people, whether it's people that work for me or people, you know, uh, my nieces, my nephews, anything to pass on is number one, I think for me is genuine concern. Um, and empathy for other people, especially now with COVID going on, we don't know what somebody else is going through. You know what I'm saying? So when I talk to somebody, I'm very sensitive around care and concern, number one. Uh, don't ever give up. I think, you know, I learned that at a very young age. My mother was a single mom that worked like three jobs. Do you know what I mean? And never complained about it. Well, I never felt like I didn't have anything that other people had. So um, never giving up, um, genuine care and concern, um, I, I think prioritizing what's important and what's not, um, whether that's personally, professionally. And then as far as sales and clients go, I, I just think nowadays there's a lot of competition, especially in my space. So I can't just be average. You know, I have to be exceptional and I have to be exceptional over and over and over again, because if I'm not, they're going to find somebody else who is. And where I don't think we're the cheapest design shop in town. I think we're very competitive, but I think people keep coming back because we take care of them. 
and we make them look good. A lot of our clients are marketing folks. So um, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, there were two things that stuck out to me in our conversation so far. I think you're detailed and I think you're consistent. And I think those two things are very important for any kind of an entrepreneur. For me, I've never been detailed. I've always <laughs> been someone else to sort of pick up the details, yep. but I'm, I'm consistent. Yeah. And I think you have to be the details for me that comes as being a designer and having a creative mind. And I, I published a magazine for 10 years and as a publisher, my job was to find everything that was not correct. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I art directed the cover. So I was all about what did it look like? The colors, making sure that the people who were on the cover matched the color palette of the magazine. Cause that's where my background is. So if I wasn't about the details, nobody else was really going to, going to do that. And then the consistency, again, I think that's just for me, more work ethic. And if you want to actually get something done, you have to pursue it and you have to be consistent and not obnoxious and not inappropriate and not aggressive. Um, and I think if you learn how to do that and just treat people the way that you would want to be treated, it's really not that hard, but it does mm -hmm. take time and work and effort. I, uh, for years, I said, there's a difference between aggressive and assertive and you're very assertive but not aggressive. Yeah. And that's sorry, not part of my nature. I'm not an aggressive person. Um, but I do know how to get things done. I'm resourceful. I used to want to work for the FBI. Um, <laughs> so I, I can find out a lot of things about a lot of people or a lot of topics. I love to do research. Um, what have you found out on us? Give us the scoop. Yeah. Well, I guess I didn't really do my homework. I just saw your book. <laughs> Uh, your husband has a good reputation as well, and so I didn't. I didn't get deep because um, I didn't really That's need so that in this case. Anyway, I'm not trying to sell you. <laughs> so you know, one thing also that stuck out for me is how you have consistently done creative things that had two purposes. Really, one was a genuine desire to help and yep. to figure out. Like, I mean, women entrepreneurs, we gotta stick together. There is a lot of shit that goes on in this world yep. and, and, and really to have a container or a space where it's safe to talk about what's going on and how to grow and what that looks like is amazing. And so creating that is, is so selfless and just genuine, just amazing. But the fact that all of these things that you've done have come from your heart and have also created leads for you. I think is so cool because a lot of times, especially right now, you know, even like people who are still going through their city or state, whatever may still be closed or maybe mm -hmm. their company's not as open. We hear people all the time saying, well, you know, I can't get through. I can't, I can't get to the people I need to sell to. Right. Um, I, I, you know, they're not around, they're busy, they're with their kids. They're, you know, they have every excuse under the sun oh, and yeah. what you've said, COVID or no COVID, is you're going to figure out a way, you're going to create something that gets people's attention. And I think that that is part of your secret sauce. Um, I'm curious if you've had other events that we haven't even thought, like talked about that, you know, yes. I mean, magazines, events, network, like it's like you're doing all the things to create these spaces, which is so cool. Yeah, because then I'm not just, again, I'm not just promoting or talking about my business and branding and websites and environmental graphics. Again, there's a lot of companies that do that. 
but I'm literally going out into the community and I'm raising money to help female entrepreneurs. I'm sitting on boards of nonprofits to help them and to use my voice and my name and my ability to sell. I sell sponsorships for other people. Um, I've done that for nonprofits that have actually paid me to do that. Um, but I've done it because I want to do it for other organizations. So yeah, I'm constantly out there trying to do do things for other people and hopefully benefit the people in the business community and in you know my own personal circles. But yeah, I like I like to help other people. Jenny, that's what the that's what the Midwest is like. She's a Midwesterner, and the ethic of that is uh, very transparent in her circumstance. She would not be doing the same damn thing if she lived in New York City. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I went to school in St. Louis, so okay. I, get, I get Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> I love you Midwest. Did you grow up in New York? Where did you guys grow up? We're not telling. No? Okay. No, we're, we're, we both we're grew up in it's Jersey. Business. Yeah. But I was North Jersey slash New York City, and Jeffrey was South Jersey slash Philly. Okay. And you've stayed there your whole life? Um, I've lived around, but yeah. I'm, we've been in Charlotte. I've been in Charlotte for 30 years. Jen's been here for seven. Got it. You just got invited, Jen. You weren't invited for twenty. 20- to Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took him well, twenty years. She was invited. She was in high school at the time. I see. Um, <laughs> I probably was. <laughs> yeah, I got. You. So, um, what would you say to someone listening who's really trying to create impact and wants to make a difference in their community, but they don't even know? where to start and how to be creative to get people's attention. I I think um, if you're trying to do something in your community, you have to find out what's your passion, what's your why, whatever that is. Um, For me, it was always anything that had to do with art or creativity. If I could support that in any way, um, we've done some art contests. We've hired artists to do juried art shows to benefit others by selling their artwork. So find whatever you're passionate about and then attach yourself to that. I'm on the board for the Northeast Ohio Adoption Services in Northeast Ohio. We have an adopted son who was in foster care um, that came to live with us when he was eight and a half. So I Mm -hmm. help that organization, that nonprofit. I help them raise money. So again, I'm passionate about adoption, kids with trauma, kids in foster care, art. So I connected myself to those. And then female entrepreneurs, just helping other women is super important to me in the business community. So if it's not already there, I didn't feel I could attach myself to something that was female entrepreneur related. So then I just created the summit and I thought, let's see what happens. And the first speaker we had was Ariana Huffington. That was a trip. Um, So I just, there was nothing there in Cleveland that catered specifically to female entrepreneurs. There was a ton in the space of, again, women breaking the glass ceiling, women of note in corporate America, but who's really looking at these entrepreneurs and what they're doing? And I'm just amazed, like I said, by our own pitch competition. And I'll send you guys the finalists, what these women are doing. We're actually at judges in a pitch competition this weekend. Oh, Um, yeah, which is going to be so cool. I'm excited for that. So, okay, last thought and question for you. What's the biggest blessing or surprise or happy moment that has come out of this whole experience over the last six months? Uh, for COVID, you mean? Yeah. COVID, I would say the the silver lining or the blessing to me 
Um, and I'm all about this every year on my birthday, every year on New Year's. It was an opportunity to start over. Mm. Um, and for me, I'm working more in my business, you know, than on my business. Um, but that's what I like to do. I'm a creative person. So I'm back to being a creative director because our creative director left pre-COVID. And we thought about replacing him, but we never did. So I'm really more hands-on, but I love what I do. And I'm able to use my creative vision every single day. So it is a chance to start over. And we've really looked at the structure of the company and who do we need to build and what are we passionate about. So silver lining for me is the ability to be able to start over with a fresh look and a fresh approach to things. We, have, we can't keep doing things the same way if we want a different result. It's that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's given a lot of people time to pause and reflect and figure out how they want to move forward. And, and rather than continue in that cycle or, you know, um, hamster wheel of what they're doing every day, you know, and, and really take a look at that. I think also just knowing about your event, it's pretty cool now that anyone from anywhere in the world could join. So y'all, we're going to put the link in there so that you can join. It's um, the 28th and 29th. Is that right? It's the 28th. It's, it's the 28th. On the 28th, yes. It's a, okay, cool. And if if they register for it and they can't attend every session, can they get access to the recordings? What yep. does that look like? We are going, anybody that registers and is paid for the event will have access to any of the recordings. Plus there's four breakout sessions and we want to make sure that each attendee can see all of them. So you can't physically sit in on all four of them, but it will be made available to anybody that's registered for the event. Okay, cool. And make sure you attend my talk because I am the opening keynote in the morning and it's going to be so awesome. And uh, we'll put the link right in the show notes for you all to attend. Thank you, Jen, for having me. This was such a fun Yeah, day. thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This was awesome. It's so cool to hear more of your story and get to share that with our audience. Okay, sounds good. Well, you guys have a great day and I'm glad I got to meet Jeffrey. And see you soon. There we go. Thank you so much for listening to Sell or Die. We hope that this episode has helped you transform the way you think, given you new ideas, and provided you a new perspective on the sales and business challenges that you face every day. So you can get out there and win the customer all the way to the bank. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to rate and review. Each review helps us help more people just like you make a difference in this world. Don't forget to take a screenshot, share it in your Instagram stories and tag us at Jeffrey Gittimer and at Jen Gittimer. See, See you, you next week. week.